Hey, 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 guys, what's up? This is The Best You Nation. I'm Adler, one of your hosts, and we have the man, the myth, the legend, the Finn Foster. What's going on, guys? Hey, that's that's how we have to introduce Finn Foster, because uh, he, he sounds like he should be running for governor of a, you know, a sunshine state or something. Oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, man. Um, we're here today uh, with another episode being created. Uh, you know, sometimes <clears throat> I look back on the previous week and I look at our stats for our episodes, you know, or our episode of the previous week. Um, and I, like I said, I always say this, I always notice a lot of people, there's like the one day of the week that spikes the most. And last week, Around Wednesday, Thursday, we had a spike of a lot of people listening to our episode. Uh, we talked about um, habits. So other than that, man, um, we're it's pretty good. I mean, the weather is pretty nice. It's sunny here. I know you, up there, up in the north side of the country, it's probably I don't know. It's is it sunny by you? No, no, it's it's been pretty decent. This it's is summer it here right now. Like the only thing is there's been um, a little bit of rain here in West Virginia, but. Um, like we're sustaining like, you know, 85 degrees, 90 degrees. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely hot down here. Um, but besides that, man, you know, just, I've started my studying process, uh, doing some studying for the T's exam again, um, Mm -hmm. just refreshing on the different subjects, got a study plan. Um, and just working on all the details for a special day next year uh, that we've actually set into play. Still going to keep that to the chest. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. But um, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that can actually see Finn, he has mountains on his shirt. This can basically show you where he's going to be planning that special day. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but and, and you know like and this is a good thing I'll, I'll give you I got to give you props on this because of, you know speaking of your wedding day, um you're uh, you're studying the planning and paying all the the expensive things that come with uh, the the wedding and and all the details that go with it, but more importantly you actually started like um losing weight and like working out and like tweaking your diet and stuff. And I know you dropped by like 16, 18 pounds. So congratulations. Thanks, then, man. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a, of, it, well, let me just real quick. Yeah. Just, take it. Instead of waiting for the last second, you started like a year and a half out, like, which is smart because you've actually given yourself enough time to make adjustments so you can get to a point where you feel good at this point. Do you plan on posing for a, um, a calendar and be Mr. May? Mr. May or maybe Mr. No, Mr. June. Mr. Mr. June. No. Hey, maybe. Uh, Maybe in like swim trunks and then like just like standing there like in a very like bravado type of way. (laughs) Maybe. No, man, it's it's been a journey. Um, You know, one of the things that you you always talk about it uh, is about being consistent. Uh, One of the things that you (laughs) talked about last time you were here, we recorded an episode in person. Uh, you talked about consistency, carb, uh, the carb intake, and cardio, and so I've just kind of been like trying to implement that more. Um, definitely, you know, implementing a more strategic uh, schedule for myself 
Um, the last few weeks I haven't been to the gym. I'm not gonna lie. We got back from our trip. Uh, been kind of just ha- it, it's figuring out a balance between working out. Um, but I do, I will say I will do push-ups at home. Uh, I love doing, I do the push-ups. I hate doing them sometimes, but I will say push-ups and sit-ups. I do those to make up for the time that I would be at the gym. Um, and my little ab, ab workout that I do. Um, but it's been consuming a crap ton of water. That's been helping too. Um, and eating, I've been eating mangoes a lot. Uh, so one thing that Cassandra and I do a lot is we, when we're in the kitchen, we have like the Alexa in there. And so like, okay, like, so I'll have blueberries one day and I'll ask like Alexa, what are the benefits of blueberries or uh, what are the benefits of mangoes? And so just like when you realize like, Oh, even pistachios, like all of them have such good health benefits and plus they make you full. So it's like, it's that carb intake. It's the calorie intake. Um, and I have seen a difference, you know, I have seen a change and, you know, it definitely, it feels good. I think a lot of people, they, you know, they go to the gym, um, or they try to get it, they get on those fad diets and they don't really know when to expect the change or they're promised a change. They don't see the change and then they give up. And, you know, oddly enough, I started this process in the middle of the year uh instead of you know like typically most people start this after you know new year's they go in january which kind of goes to say like something you always talk about it doesn't really matter when it's or when you start it's you start when you can and then it'll, you stay consistent be, with it. it'll be either one day one day one day or shift the perspective and you say this is day, day one day one right so it's been a it's been a great I want to say I've been much more proactive about the schedule for the last two or three months. Um, obviously, in the beginning of the year, we've switched our dietary, like entire, like our entire. I don't want. Okay, so just for the record, I do need to make this clear. People keep saying, you know, they claim you're a vegan. I would say that I would more so appreciate utilizing the words saying I'm, I'm I eat plant based because I really don't. Um, I wouldn't say that everything I do is vegan. Uh, like obviously, you know, there's like food wise. Yes. But everything else, like a vegan, a true vegan is somebody who doesn't have any leather, anything, any byproduct of any kind of animal. It doesn't even matter. Like that, that is a true vegan. I would want to say more so that I definitely enjoy eating the plant-based diet. It has definitely made my taste buds experience an, an entirely new experience. But, um, Hey, maybe maybe I will be on a calendar, and uh, you know maybe I will model for one, but we'll see. For right now, it's just more so just preparing myself. Uh, that should be your wedding gift to Cassandra. It's like it's that's me, a good idea. your hunky husband. Um. <laughs> that's a good idea. We won't. We won't. Uh, hopefully, she won't hear that part. Well, she probably would, but that that is a good idea. Um, <laughs> but enough of me, man. Uh, how are you? I know you're up in West Virginia. I know you've been doing a lot of wedding. Uh, you've been going to a lot of weddings. You're working your oh, butt yeah. off. Um, how how yeah. have you been? Uh, you know, uh, and this is what I was, you know, telling you earlier. Um, like in West Virginia, I have a lot of time to myself, so um, I'm doing a lot of um, soul searching just to kind of like get my 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 mind right. I'm about to be 33 coming up soon, so I call this the Jesus year. And like, if you look at like all the history of the world, like the greatest men. Julius Caesar had conquered the free world by 33. 
Christ had decided to give his life for the whole entire universe at 33, Genghis Khan, he, he wept because he had no more foes to, to destroy, to fight. Like a lot of these guys were making, like hitting their strides at 33. And so um, just to, for myself is just to kind of get back to the basics, like in to, to what you kind of discussed earlier, like in the beginning of the year, um, I had enjoyed a lot of like the holidays and I will be honest, I was um, um, fresh, freshly into a relationship. So I was, you know, doing a lot of like, um, you know, going out to eat and we had just um, taken a contract out in California. So, um, you know, it was just one of those things where why, while you're in California, you got to enjoy the California things. And so. I probably, I say 2022 was probably the most amount of desserts I've actually ate in my whole entire life. And so it reflected that. And I was about 197. And now I'm sitting like about 180. Like I'm like, I, I did, a, I ran a mile the other day. And like my fastest mile ever was like a six minute, 50 second mile. And um, yes, yesterday I was running it and I was like, huh. My pace is around seven twelve. This is actually pretty impressive. Like I'm, I'm moving. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. And I didn't realize how just how much just being naturally a little bit lighter feels like it on the joints and how like it's just the activity. It's different. Like I can definitely say in terms of strength, I feel like I sacrificed a little strength just because of you know it's going to take me a little bit more. Um, effort to kind of push and do some something now, but I also say flexibility, endurance. It, it's I to me, it's unmatched. I don't think I. I don't think like I like. And it's funny. I all I do is just um, I count my calories and I don't exceed a certain calorie goal, and I'm still able to have candies because I'm not like it's not like I'm not having candies. It's not like I'm not like enjoying life. It's not like I'm not like having like snacks. It's just I follow an 80-20 rule. 80% of the times I'm eating the stuff I need to. And the other 20%, it's probably the stuff that I probably can, uh, I can get away with. Um, but it's, 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 been, it's been a good journey, like just to kind of like physically test myself. Um, I've been reading a lot of like really good books. Um, I finished um, Relentless by Tim Grover. And for those of you that don't know who Tim Grover is, he was the trainer for Michael Jordan, LeBron, not LeBron, I'm sorry, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, um, Gilbert Arenas, and a whole bunch of other guys in the NBA. A great book. It kind of teaches you the, the um, it kind of teaches you like to view life in a different lens. And he has like this analogy he talks about in life. You have people who are closers, cleaners, and coolers. And there's differences between each one of them. And you get a chance to identify which place you land. And then find a way to just kind of, um, you know, build yourself up from the ground up. And it kind of uh, forced me to kind of be honest with myself, humble with myself. Um, just because of, uh, he... There's like the closer, the cooler, um, and the cleaner. The cleaner is like the the guy that just gets it done by any means necessary. He doesn't need the accolades. He doesn't need the fame. He doesn't need the acknowledgement. He just goes to work and he just does it. And then the um, cl closer is the um, 
guy that, you know, he does, if you give him the enough, enough successful tools, he'll find a way to be successful more times than most. But he also has a little bit of an ego and requires um, accolades, requires like acknowledgement, requires like um, a lot more, um, I guess, maintenance. And then uh, the uh, cooler is the guy that he's just a role player. He just he fulfills his his duty, no more, no less. And that's it. And um, he just kind of he needs somebody to kind of help lead him into a direction. And I think like reading that book, I kind of learned a little bit about myself. I I I didn't realize this about myself, but um, I like the accolades. I like the acknowledgement. I enjoy it. And um, it, the book really isn't trying to teach you how to like change from being one to another, but it forces you to kind of be open to like you know, who you are as an individual, who you are as a person, what are your tendencies? And, you know, it just forces you to kind of just look yourself in the mirror and call it, say what it is from the very get-go. So um, that was a really good book. I also read The Way of a Superior Man. And I've also, um, I'm wrapping up Chaos Kings, which is, I, I told you about that. And that's like, yeah, that's wild. You know, the amount of money that moved throughout COVID was ridiculous, man. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so like between that work um, and then a lot of, a lot of gym workouts. So um, it's been a really good season in terms of like growing and this kind of getting myself mentally in a good headspace to continue chasing after my goals. And then, um, you know, just work, man. Like that's, that's one of those things, which, you know, it's, it's the, the, you know, now we can kind of jump into it. I work a lot. I've been doing like an overtime contract. And so I just, not just now, but um, throughout the course of like what I've been a nurse since 2015 and throughout the course of working in the medical field, I have, oh, he's, he's stretching his legs. He's showing you the, the shirt, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, he's showing you the shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. This is going to be him in the calendar. Um, no, but like. Being in uh <laughs> nice, being in the uh medical field. Oh wait, no, no, hold on. That's how I wanted to sit. I was gonna sit back in the seat the way that my 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 uh for all y'all sitting in this in a chair for a long period of time it just hurt my butt. So I had to figure out a new way to kind of sit. No problem. TMI. Thank you. Yes, thank you for the information. Um, being in the medical field since 2009 and then being a nurse since 2015 um i've gotten a chance and i'm sure you can kind of speak to it yourself but we've gotten to a, a chance to kind of see the ups and downs in the medical field and mm -hmm. there is like and i'm not sure how how we want to discuss this if you want to turn this into a three-part series or maybe even a two-part series but burnout is a real thing like burnout is something that um you can get it in any field, but I think it's especially more um, taxing when you're doing it in the medical field. Yes. And let me explain why. Because 
there is this expectation, this standard that's created for when you're in the medical field is to treat people with compassion, to be absolutely patient, to be nurturing, to be kind, to be knowledgeable. These are all characteristics and traits that most patients expect from um, medical personnel, but not only them, but especially the nurses that take care of you. And so um, the only problem is like, it's, it's, you gotta understand that you're a person. And um, I think, I think there was an analogy that you actually brought up. You talk about um, a cup, right? Jonathan Majors does this as well. Jonathan Majors, for those of you that don't that don't know, he's the guy that was in Creed. Um, he was the bad guy in Creed, and then he also was Kang from um, you know the Marvel universe with like all the other um, uh, like the variants and stuff like that. Anyway, Jonathan Majors holds this cup around, and the reason why he carries this cup around is because he says he wants to constantly remember that your cup is your cup, and nobody can put anything inside your cup that you don't allow them to. But you can fill your cup with whatever it is that you want. Now, the, the dangerous thing is being in medical field is um, you try to do, you try to kind of follow something like that. But at the end of the day, if you're dealing with somebody who's inherently negative, who's rude, who's, um, you know, uh, who's not like the best person to be around, um, if you're constantly around those, you start to pick up those traits and you start to pick up that negativity in your own life. And you have to be very, very mindful with how much you fill your cup up with other people's like issues. And it's, it's a really fine balancing act between showing compassion and then taking that emotional baggage home, you know, with you. So that's something that is just, it's, it's just, um, it's been on the forefront of my brain for the last few years, just because I've been traveling from place to place. And each, pers- each place that I've gone has treated staff nurses and um, um, travel nurses a little bit differently. So each place has been, some have been good, some have been bad, but each place is slightly different for the fact that um, some places, if you're a travel nurse, they look at you as like, they say, all right, we're going to give you the harder assignments because, well, you're making the money, so you deserve and you need to deal with all this. But at the end of the day, you're also still just human. And that's the one thing that, like, uh, it's been a trying journey for me is to be like, all right, let me accept this is my group, this is my assignment, but then also understand that, like, you know what, I don't necessarily have to take this type of abuse. And I can say this from being here in West Virginia, um, which I think this is probably the most incidents has ever happened. I've had a lot of uh, um, racial slurs like slung my way while being here. And, you know, it's expected of me to take that type of verbal abuse and then still provide the utmost care and be professional. But if I were to react based off of how I felt, then my contract would be terminated and I'd be looking for a new job immediately. And so like, you know, like it's, 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 it's different. Like, like being in healthcare, you sign up for a certain level of 
mental and verbal abuse that if in any other given situation you might speak up but since you're at at work and these people are signing your checks you're a little bit more um the word i think i'm looking for is tolerable because you you realize that all right i have to kind of act in a professional way because if i'm in unprofessional in any way shape or form this job is gone and i i mean i'm i'm kind of setting the bed bed up because this is my own experience and i'm just talking about just for me like there is only so much that a human body can handle and you have to be mindful of what you're in proximity to because you will pick up those traits i don't know if there's anything that you'd like to add to that or if there's like your own experience that you're just like thinking of but i can see that you started picking the beard that means that you're thinking um i think first of all i want to just make a comment towards what you were saying in your experience recently uh first of all i apologize that you're even going through that um i believe that you you're a very strong individual you do a very good job just keeping it to yourself you allow things in and allow things to not get in depending on the type of person the people that you surround yourself with and the circumstance at hand now listening to what you're saying and just me just analyzing the situation I think it's wrong that people who are seeking something from you, uh, especially their health, at least taking care of them, um, that it is that they that they feel that it is okay to say something from a racial perspective when they don't really understand that that does affect a person. I don't take that lightly. Uh, I feel like that there's a sense of ignorance that comes from that. And I'm just going to say that just because I know we're on this topic, that it's not, it's not acceptable. Um, No one, no one does, no one should go through that, especially considering that you, you know, you are a black man and you are reaching out your hand, your every single day, 12 hours, sometimes a little longer the emotional, the mental, the physical toll that you put into people to help them take care of them and people talk to you that way is unacceptable, completely unacceptable. So the first thing that I want to say is just in reference to what you... Do you mind if I... I'm going to just put context. I just want to clean up. Like, uh, So it's not like... It's not like I'm a, I'm accepting of it or I'm okay with it. It's nothing like that because I, I don't want it to be misconstrued as, oh, okay, well, he doesn't say anything because he just lets people walk all over him because it, it can be interpreted as that. Um, and I actually had this discussion with one of my um, the patient care techs I work with. She was just like, oh, my God, they said such mean things. You know, the patient said such mean things to you. And, like, how are you, you know, holding it together? Because I would be so mad if I were you. And I was like, well, there's two things. One, if I act the way that I feel, then I'm only proving them right. Because, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to say what he's going to say. And I can't control it. I can't control his tongue. But what I can't control is my actions. And more importantly is, you know, if 
as you said, I'm here to provide a service, to provide a good, and to um, you know protect them, keep them safe, keep them alive, essentially. And at the end of the day, if Christ himself took the words, the name calling, the lashing, the beatings, the uh, the weight of the world on his shoulders and did not complain once, then I have absolutely no right to complain at all because he was killed. The worst thing that they're doing is hurting my feelings with words. I know, so, but I, I, I agree just, with you, but I also... I also That's just the perspective just, I take it from. I think now, okay. If we were if we weren't in work, I might deal with it a, a little bit differently. Well, but I I, I, work, I think. Go ahead. I just I was just gonna say, as your friend, as a brother, as uh, your podcast, your podcast, your podcast host, uh, you know, somebody who has this platform with you, um. I don't think that it is still unacceptable regardless. Uh, it's just my personal approach, my personal opinion. I don't think that you want to brush it over. I think that you do want to address it and make it clear that what is being said or being told. And I, and I don't want to just focus on this. I have a point that I'm going to make to it because, you know, we talk about burnout, right? We're talking about burnout. Um, it's just not acceptable for someone to be that, that, that the fact that that person is okay. Uh, you know, it, and I understand like, people are broken and have things going on in their life, but it's still not acceptable to try to break somebody else, especially when it comes down to saying something about your skin color or because they're trying to prove a point or that they are frustrated and they're just going to say something because they're at a low. The thing is with burnout, burnout is like, um, I feel like, okay, working in healthcare is like a tire. All right. The tire when you go get new tires, your tire, the people say, all right, hey, they offer you different types. You have your all weather, you have your snow, you have your, uh, you know, your mountain, like your more rugged looking tires that you usually put on a Jeep. And then you have the, 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 the length of time, the lifespan of the tire. So usually it's like, what, 45, sometimes 50, 55,000 per tire. Of course, you rotate it and so that you don't overuse one tire more than the other. So if you imagine that each tire is a nurse, like a type of tire, okay, or a healthcare worker in general. So you have like your all-weather tires, which are like your travel nurses. You have your rugged tires, which are like your ICU or ER nurses. And then you have your, uh, just your standard, not that I'm, for the purpose of talking about tires and comparing them to the healthcare workers, do not think that my tire, the tire selection has anything to do with the quality or level of care that you provide. Every nurse has a different specialty, but the standard tire that has 55,000 miles on that tire, like the lifespan of it. Okay. The thing is you rotate the tires, just like you take a vacation. You, you rotate the tires, just like you need to take a break. You rotate the tires to put off all the weight off of one specific tire or the two tires in the back that are getting the most wear and tear. At some point after the lifespan of that tire, the tire is running into a risk of needing to be changed. And you have that option and you need to either A, you're going to change the tire or B, you're going to face the consequence that you'll be driving down I-4 and all of a sudden your tire just goes and snaps off, pops, and now you're on the side of the road calling AAA 
for you to get your card lugged over to uh you know a tire shop what is the purpose of my entire analogy i historically go too far in depth with it hopefully that was pretty clean to explain the fact that as tires different tires have different purposes nurses doctors providers emts paramedics we all have a different purpose we all serve to help people we all have a common goal so even though if you're a rugged tire versus a regular standard tire or you're the all-weather tire you still have one goal in my, i'm sorry you have one goal in mind and that is to provide wheels for a vehicle to go from a to b through different types of terrain different types of weather and such so burnout literally when you talk about burnout when you're burning out a tire when people go like, like they have the breakdown and they're pressing down on the gas and they're burning out their tires. You I see like, all this I smoke. Like the sound effect. Yeah, I had to I had to throw that in there because you know. But I think about the tire when you burn out a tire over time, right? You put all the wear and tear on it. Eventually, the tire is gonna snap. It's gonna be done. It's not gonna. It has yeah. no more life. People are the same way. Okay. I've recently felt like, you know, um, and I don't want to make this about, I don't want to really share too much. I want to be honest, but I also, I'm going to keep it, keep it the way that it needs to be. Burnout is going to be found like Adler, you said in every walk of life, every job that you have, but because healthcare is what we can relate to, there is an, like you said, an emotional aspect that gets involved. Now, Oftentimes in the burnout stage, your mind, your body, your spirit, all of them are doing about the same thing. You're trying to just pump through the situation. Just trying to get through it. But have you ever experienced that feeling of you're doing something that you love, but you don't see it that vision anymore? You don't see it in that current moment. Like, for example, you're wanting to take care of somebody. Right. So for me, I'll just use it. I'm going to make up an example. Working in triage, you see a person one day, you tell them, hey, look, your blood pressure is high. Have you been taking your medication for it? No. Okay. Well, here's what you should, you know, we can recommend to you. Um, Let's get you back. Let's get you seen. Make sure you take your blood pressure because it's important because there's going to be other long-term effects if you don't. Kind of reminds me of the tire getting close to the end. If you don't take care of the tire, you don't rotate the tire, you're going to have a consequence. And so like the burnout aspect of it is, is that, yes, dealing with different types of personalities, dealing with different types of people and the constant, constant, like, I feel like parents can say that they go through this, like the constant having to remind you to clean your room probably gets exhausting or the constant, Hey, make sure to put your dishes away. It's probably super frustrating. No, super right. it's, it's gotta be. It just gets tiring. It gets exhausting to have to constantly, Hey, make sure you take your metformin. Hey, make sure that you uh, change the wound, the wound packaging because you know, we don't want that to get infected. And then people get mad at you because then now their wounds infected and they see you the next day or the next week. And it's like, then you're just like, you want to be empathetic and be understanding. Like, you know, maybe they just didn't know, but it's like, I told you, I explained to you how to take care of this. We've given you the provided information. We've given you everything that you need to do the job to take care of this. And, you know, the exhausting part of it is, is that you have to still take care of yourself. And so when you're trying to take care of somebody else and you are half, I almost said what I want to say and how I want to say it. Um, I'm going to say it. When you half-ass your own care, you're going to have a harder time taking care of other people. 
That's just yeah. the bottom line. If you don't take care of yourself, if you are not, if you're not, if you're not going to take, if you're not going to take care of you, you will find that it's harder to do such for other people. It's like, it's like, um, it's like taking, it's like, oh my God, I'm trying to come up with an example. It's like taking a shower, but you don't, you, you get on the shower, you don't use your body wash and shampoo, but you only use the water. Okay. Yeah, great. You took a shower, but that doesn't mean you're clean. And so yeah. people are going to start smelling you and smelling you and that stuff stinks. Sometimes that happens to us because we are, we are, I'm going to be honest with you. I think we put ourselves second all the time by default without even really thinking about it because we know that our mission, our goal, our job is to literally take care of other people who are literally sicker than we are. That's, so that's, that's, the, that's the situation that I see that we are viewed as more competent physically to take care of somebody, not realizing that even though I may physically be able to roll you over and clean a patient, which I have done multiple times at EMT in the emergency room, I jump in and dive in. I was in red zone for the first time, you know, in a while. I'm a triage. I would say I'm the triage guy. I'm good at it. When I'm in red zone, it's a whole different mindset. You got to channel in the emergency medical technician mindset a little differently. And yes, you can physically roll over, you know, old granny and help her and clean her because I hope one day when I'm like that, someone's going to take care of me too, with the level of care that I've given. But it's hard. To because this the stigma is this, and we can we can have a whole conversation on mental health, but the stigma sits with the fact that oh, you're supposed to be mentally strong because you're a nurse. Oh, you're supposed to be mentally strong because you're a doctor or PA or nurse practitioner, EMT medic. And all of a sudden now the the tables turn. It goes from well, I might be physically strong, but I might be mentally freaking struggling. And you expect me to perform at the highest level, regardless of how beat down I am. Burnout. Is is the exhaustion of consistent emotional mental breakdown? If you don't give yourself time to rejuvenate and re rekindle the, uh, you know what what's been torn down, the infrastructure is not going to be as strong. It's going to be weaker every single time. Further from that point, I mean, I think that was really proven through COVID. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of healthcare workers can understand and can relate to this right here. COVID really pushed people out of their comfort zone, but it also pushed people to a level of mental health that is just being neglected. We take care of people who who, who are having a rough time, but we forget to take care of ourselves having a rough time. The rough time yeah, meaning mental health, when I'm talking about depression, anxiety, um, I mean, I know nurses who've left their jobs because they cannot handle the level of mental health that they were dealing with. Doctors, providers that I work with in the field because they've reached the checkout point. They burnt out. They were at a point where the tire was almost worn down to the bottom, but they needed to get a tire rotation, a tire change. And so that might have meant, hey, I got to go change my job. Look, I'm not saying that burnout can be recovered. I think it gets harder and harder when you don't have some sort of change. So if you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over, and over again, it becomes like a rinse and repeat situation. There's no more, there's no more, there's no mastering that once it's like rinse and repeat. It's like getting your car, driving to work. You know how to do that. There's no challenge. <laughs> and so 
I think that in itself, and I don't know how how much uh, of all this really is just personal or if this is truly something that people experience. But if we're talking about bettering ourselves and really helping people become the better version of themselves, you have to address what's going on personally too, because we're growing together. We're bettering ourselves individually, but we better ourselves by sharing the things that we go through. So others can see, Hey, I can relate to Finn. Hey, I can relate to Adler because I'm sure yeah. there's nurses who, and, and people, not even just nurses, but I'm sure there are people who listen to what you've said earlier about dealing with people who want to pull the racial card and say something negative towards you and be nasty towards you. Or just the fact that you're a guy, you shouldn't be a nurse because you're a man. That's like well, just so, a constant emotional beating at some point. When does that take that? What is, when does that like tip over the iceberg, you know? And I don't know, maybe I'm just going on a rant, but I think that burnout truly is existent. I think people neglect it. People expect us as healthcare workers to just brush it off, leave it at the door, which everyone always says. But how hard is that when someone just died in your family, you found out that your mother has, or I don't even want to speak this on anybody, but the worst of the worst, you find that someone has cancer in your family. Like, how are you supposed to just, or you're, you're getting kicked out of your house because you know what, the, the market's crashed. Now you can't afford your home because that's realistic right now here in our current state of uh, our economy. I don't know. There's just a lot of things that I look at and it's just like people don't understand that burnout isn't just necessarily on the job. It comes from the outside and it just gets inflamed even so more. So you, you're saying that burnout, because obviously we're not, we're, like we're not, everybody has a level of burnout. Like there's caregiver strain where you're taking care of your mom and, you know, you're just burnt out by the whole entire process that you, you, you know, you're human. Right. So you start to react in your human, your human capabilities. Now, um, are you saying that being burnt out is more so as a result of your personal life instead of like your actual job? No, I mean, it, okay, so yes and no. So I think that there are sometimes, and it's not me personally. I mean, this is actually coming and listening from other people that it's, this is, so I don't know, maybe I need to clean this up. So my personal life is not inflicting of any kind of burnout. Uh, I have heard other people, I've talked to other nurses, I've talked to other people that I've surrounded myself and I've heard that, you know, and in, in their environment that they work, whether it's the ER or just in general, that yes, some people are struggling in their personal lives that have a, have a bit of a toll on how they perform at work. Now, as far as it, for me personally, I say more more so the work aspect. I love to work. It's the, the ch I, I think you've got to really dig a little deeper. It's not just the job or the work that, that we have. It's the, it's the wear and tear that you get over and over and over again. Like I said, yeah. parents probably get exhausted reminding their kids to go and, uh, you know, go make their bed. But you don't see parents just saying, you know what, I don't want to be a parent anymore. Yeah. It's just that needs to be re it needs to be enforced. Well, and so I think a lot of it is, yes, in the job aspect, more, more people can relate to it. I've just recently have talked to more people and is listening to them. And I've heard nurses say, you know, there's things going on in my life on the outside, you know, dealing with a kid who is troubled, who doesn't want to listen, who wants to go run away. So now you got to worry about your kid. And then now your kid is causing you stress. Then you bring it into the workspace. You're, you're not 100% focusing on everything because your kid is going to be way more important hate to say this, but your child is going to be way more important than anybody else other than your family. And so like, I think that burnout really truly comes from a place of at some point internally, 
you've just had enough that you just, but you're not completely gone. Burnout is that part right before the, like I said, the tire kind of snaps. I don't think anybody wants to snap. I think as a good person, you're, you maintain, um, you main, like you said, even for yourself, like you could react a certain way, but you don't, you maintain a level of professionalism that keeps you in check. I will say this though. I don't think that you should have to go through all that because you're worried about your paycheck. That was one thing I was going to say earlier. I know that's probably, I don't don't want to be disrespectful. I just think that if your concern is about the paycheck, but you can't voice what's going on and it's causing you emotional, mental strain, I think then that becomes toxic and that we kind of make an excuse for it to not do something about it. And so like me personally, I see myself wanting to grow and I feel like my issue, why I burn out so fast is that as an EMT and an ER, you can only do so much. So the only other, the next step I could do is either A, move up as a lead or become a nurse. So I think my burnout is that I have done so much that I've, I've, I'm just pouring out now. I'm just, my cup is already a hundred percent full. I've only, I've done everything I could think of doing as an EMT. And so that's just my viewpoint. I mean, well, there's so, no right or wrong. I think that's just, it's a matter of just how people interpret it. So here's the thing, right? When you just, we talk about the cup analogy, right? If you're afraid of stuff spilling over to your job, then put a lid on it, right? That's what we, that's what we do in any other situation. So it is not somebody else's responsibility. None of my patients' responsibility for them to have to deal with whatever I'm dealing with outside of work. They I didn't agree. sign up for this. They're sick. If there was anything else that they could do, I'm sure they would much rather do it. To spend time with me instead of spend time with your loved one, that's terrible. So in terms of like, like understanding these, no one asked to be here except for the staff that actually kept clocked in. And I'm not going to bring my BS and my emotions and all the stresses that I have and put it on somebody else because it's my job to take care of that. That's what the hospital pays us to do is to manage your emotions from the outside world and then come in and work. Now, everybody has like different scenarios and things that they're dealing with. Like I sympathize with the lady with the kid that's you know causing her trouble. He doesn't even realize that the type of stuff that he's um, jeopardizing you know, doing with the things that he does. Um, but it's one of those things where, like, I think Kobe Bryant had, like, Kobe Bryant used to say um, all the time, he said, like, if this is the first time anyone's seen me play, then I need to make sure to go out and give it my absolute best. And that was, like, his thing. It's just if he wants to perform every single night, and so when it comes to the jobs that we do from a nursing standpoint, nobody wants to be here and spend time with me. And that's okay. My job is to make their experience as pleasant as I can, but my main focus should be keeping them alive and making sure that they're safe. That is like the, the biggest thing. And I'm, you know, I guess where my burnout starts to come in is I understand this is what I'm supposed to do in order to help. And my burnout kind of comes from like, maybe it's like just hospital politics in general, 
it's one of those things where you're constantly having to capitulate or follow some new push from you know whoever the director is and obviously i respect whoever's in charge of me and whoever's my boss i will always respect that because if you ask hey i want x y and z then i'm going to give you x y and z but my main thing is burnt being burnt out it's it's you know a fish rots from the top up right so if overwhelmingly a whole entire hospital a whole bunch a whole bunch of people are like on one floor are miserable and they're they're tired of it it you can only you can say all right hey it's just because they're burnt out or we could say that the top officials burnt them down on on the way down burnt them out on the way down so that's just like <coughs> And I mean, we can we can go about this, and this is why I said I, I think this would be something worth exploring. Um, you know, another episode as well, For because sure. there's a lot of information. There's a lot of things that we can really um, discuss when it comes to like being burnt out. And um, I'm not sure if this is some this is something that's that's worth it or worth mentioning. But um, back on the same subject of being burnt out, when you're tired when you're easily agitated when you're frustrated those moments are 10 times worse when you're burnt out because usually if you were a little bit more in a balanced calm state then you could handle whatever situation with ease the problem is when you're burnt out and you're tired you're hungry like you have a lot of things that are just going just keep going wrong with you then you get frustrated and you start to act out. And what may have not been something that you would ever say or do, you end up saying and doing that exact thing just because you felt some type of way. So it's one of those things where you have to be very, very mindful on what you do and what you say to um, those people around you, even when they frustrate you because you have to find an effective and efficient way to communicate with the people around you. Absolutely, man. I think that I'm, I, I don't want anybody to ever think that my, that this is a, this is me just, I mean, I, I vented a little bit earlier before we got started, but it's just more so I just basically woke up and just, you know, the topic, you know, when you think about it, you're like, man, I, I want to continue to grow in the career field that I'm in. Okay. I, I know that when you are in healthcare, there's a mission and you have to find that. It's kind of like when you say you have to find the why, like there's, everyone has a personal reason why they're in healthcare. You know, yes. I, I just think that there are certain, and we could always talk about this on another episode, but there's a certain extent where th when I come into work and I'm taking care of somebody and you do everything you can to help that person out and it's just like they don't listen to you and you're providing like it's like going it's like going to like a, a monk or like a like a person of knowledge and they tell you and you don't listen and then you find yourself in the consequence because you didn't abide by what they wanted you to do or you didn't listen to them the warning whatever it is so it's just like when you think about like that in that instance it's like man it's just like you go, why? You get frustrated. Like you said, it is easier to get upset and then everything else is kind of heightened by that. All your senses are like, 
standards. So like every little thing becomes a problem. And unfortunately, you know, burnout really affects everybody to a certain extent. Some people are better at handling it than others. I think that I have gotten better at it, at being more aware of the fact that I have, you know, that I am exhausted, I am burnt out. But I have to look at it like this. I still go back to work. I do my three shifts. I do exactly what I love to do. It's just, it's hard when it's the same soup, different bowl, and you just, you want change and you want to find a way to make that change. And if the the job doesn't change, it's how do you help people change? And sometimes when you have this expectation, this will be my final thought. In my mind, I say, okay, the job is going to be the job. The job is going to be the same thing. I literally do the same thing for the most part every day. What I can do, what is what variable can I change? The variable is educating patients when something is off. Okay, almost like coaching somebody and giving them the opportunity to see, oh, you're right, maybe I should take my medication. This would be better off for me than me not taking it because my blood pressure is really high. Mm-hmm. And of course, circumstances do play where why they are not able to get their medication or why they can't take care of it. There are circumstances that do fall into place. But generally speaking, I look for my, because everybody has a reason why they do what they do. And the yes. satisfaction of going to, job, uh, to your job as a healthcare worker is to be able to take care of people. So it's not just the job, it's Bingo. it's being able Bingo. to coach somebody. So when something doesn't resolve, then you're kind of like, wow. So even in this department, this isn't working out very well. So you get discouraged. And maybe discouragement also contributes to that burnout and gets you to that burnout faster. So I don't know. It's just there's a lot of different avenues that we can go with this. I think that at the end of the day, I'm glad that we are talking about it because it is something that kind of falls into the mental health aspect. People are tired. People are exhausted. I think everyone's got stuff going on personally. There's things going on in our workspaces that we just get tired of. And it's learning how to still be able to be the best that you can be, but it's not just pushing it off. I think that is the last thing I want anybody to do is just to blow it off or just to act like it's never happened. You still got to address it. You've got to walk through the steps to heal and finding outlets. I feel like that's something that I do as I find an outlet. Like I rested yesterday. I don't really usually just lay down. Usually I get back up and keep going. But yesterday I truly took time to rest. Because I needed that time to let my brain just kind of decompress. I needed to decompress as a human being yesterday. Yeah. And it was it was a good feeling, you know. So I'm just grateful that we're here. I know we're running on a little bit, but I just appreciate you bringing up this topic today. Um, I hope what I said today wasn't anything. I, I hope it, nobody takes anything I say in a negative way. I just think that we need to, even though we're hosts of a podcast, we also have to be <laughs> a bit honest about where we stand from too, because we grow together. If we grow, you're growing. So we are just as human as anybody else. Um, I guess. Well, let me, let me leave it off like this. And this is just kind of just something I want to just address is sure. my, my life is a life of servitude. I want to be a servant, not in terms of like, Oh yeah. Uh, wait on you like I'm the butler from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, I'm not Jeffrey, okay? But more so is my life is surrounded by serving those around me. 
So the reason I became a nurse is to serve and help those around me. Yes, I get paid for it. But more importantly, I get a, a, a emotional gratification knowing that what I am doing, it matters to someone. Right. Even if it doesn't matter exactly. to a whole bunch of people, it matters to somebody. So this is my job as a servant. And part of the reason why we do the podcast is we have a hearts of a servants and we would like to highlight and make you find different ways of improving yourself so that way you can become the best you. That's the whole goal here at the Best You Nation is to be servants so that way you can figure out how to become the best you and what that looks like to you specifically. There's no cookie cutter size, one size fits all. It's all about going through your journey and your life, being a servant to those around you. Because when you have a heart of service and you keep giving, it always comes back in the end. You just have to find different ways to just keep giving more of you. And that's where the dangerous thing about healthcare is you're always giving so much more to, of yourself that you have to learn to compartmentalize. We can pick it up from there about com compartmentalizing. Like, and just to kind of give like a, a, a preface it, it's, I, I can't tell you, and I'm sure you've had to deal with it before, where you've done multiple rounds of CPR on somebody, you lost a person, they're dead, and then you have to go and check out another patient. The patient's like, I pushed my call light. 15 minutes ago, I wanted juice. And no, completely out of touch, out of tone with what you just dealt with. But because you live in a healthcare-related profession, to you, it's just another Tuesday. What would break others is just another day for you. And that says something about who you are as a medical professional and who I am as a medical professional because we don't allow a lot of the stuff to affect us and break us. Yep. Literally. So that's just something I wanted to kind of touch on. And we can just pick it up from there when we left off. Um, is there any other announcements you got, Finn? No, man. Um, no? Other than, you know, just keep being you. Um, we, we focus each week to, you know, helping people become the better version of themselves. Um, I am actually going to work on creating some more. I, I'm trying to figure out this magic, the magic video things through Riverside. So it's been, honestly, there's a lot more of them that are not that all that. So I've kind of a little discouraged, but it's okay. Um, we're going to keep posting stuff as Adler has asked me to continue to do. I did say I was going to do it. I just, honestly, I have not really put forth the effort. Um, just no, hey, you know what? I completely understand because you're definitely planning a wedding, so it's not like I can just like, you know. I mean, uh, no, but I, I, I am. I have. I've created some content. It is in a folder um, on my on my phone specifically for the Best You Nation. Um, so I just need to step up my game and be more proactive about that. Um, it's just I've had a really good thirty plus days of social media cleanse, so I just kind of wanted to continue that for a little bit, just to really truly like for myself. Um, so I'll be getting back on there, and then of course you can follow us at the Best You Nation on Instagram. Great. You can follow Adler at all of his platforms at twenty four hours in a day. Um, other than that, uh, make sure to check out uh, the Mindful Nugget 
Uh, it's like a little five minute thing that I'm doing on on behalf of the Best You Nation. It's just kind of just thoughts, like a, it's almost like a podcast journal, almost sort of kind of. I it's did a subcategory. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's a cool little thing I'm doing on the side. Um, I had you know I create them as I go, but for now, that's it, man. I have nothing else. Okay, sweet. Um, and for those of you at home, thank you for taking the time to listen to us, for, to be a part of us. Um, we get that not every single one of you guys are nurses, and um, you may experience burnt out from um, other perspectives and stuff like that. But we just want to let you know here at The Best You Nation, you are welcomed, you are valued, we love you, we appreciate you, and we hope you have a blessed and safe week, guys. Be the change that you always hope that you could experience. Go out into the world, guys. Peace out. Peace.